Backpackers, travelers, and globetrotters from all around the world, welcome to Itchy Feet. My name is Aaron, and today we're going to Thailand. So we're going to be saying Sawadee Cup to a friend of mine called Fiona. Fiona is originally from Scotland, and she's going to give us a fantastic insight into what it's like out there as an expat. So sit back, relax, take notes if you like, and join us as we make our way to Thailand. <laughs> Sawadee Cup Fee, welcome to Itchy Feet. Good to have you here, man. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up in Thailand. Yeah, so I originally went traveling about 10 years ago now, and uh, Thailand just captured my heart. Never been home since. <laughs> so you've literally been out there that long? Yeah, um, so I've come back and forth and done a couple of different things working around Thailand, but Thailand's always been home base. Whereabouts did you set up camp originally? So I spent most of my time across Koh Samui and Koh Panyan. I got really friendly with the people who owned a hostel in Koh Panyan. So I used to stay with them and volunteer behind their bar and in their hostel and spent a lot of my time off there. And then I had a lot of friends who worked over in Samui as well. They were teaching English. So I used to stay with them a lot and in the kind of Chuang area, which is really nice. Yeah, right. So in terms of the islands down in the south, there is a distinct monsoon season out there. For the East, you guys are a little bit opposite to what I was in the West, being where I sort of set myself up originally. Uh, you guys were April to November, is that correct? Yeah, that's about right. I lived over in the West during a time that monsoon was, I mean, it was around, but you could definitely get 10 to 12 days without any rain at all. But when it rained, it, it, it definitely came in. Was that sort of the same out in the East? Yeah, it's kind of the same. I mean, you could have days with no rain, but then when it did rain, it would rain really heavily, but it could rain for like an hour or two and then be sunny for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of Thailand as well. Like you sort of get that refreshing sort of dump down of rain and then all of a sudden it's, all right, let's go back to the beach, you know? I mean, even when it rained, it was warm. So yeah. you could still kind of do things and you could still, like you could still go swimming because you were going to get wet anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so in terms of like accommodation out there, like, are we looking like backpacker sort of style or if you're on a budget, what sort of area are we looking? In Koh Samui, they've kind of got that mix. So they've got like the backpacker kind of style and you can go to like Chuang, which is kind of the main party area, tourist area and Boput, places like that. And they've got really nice hostels and things, but they've also got really nice like five-star accommodation, like proper villas and really nice hotels as well. And then Koh Panyan is much more chilled out, relaxed. So it's kind of known for those big full moon parties. Yep. But that's like one night in a month. And then the rest of the time, like most of the people that live there are all like really into their yoga and like veganism and very healthy kind of lifestyle, very chilled, relaxed lifestyle. So it's really good for backpackers to kind of go and see that side of traveling as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I also found in Koh Samui, uh, one of the favorites that everyone I've spoken to that's, that's backpacked around the, the East Islands is uh, Ark Bar. So the first time I went to Koh Samui, I went to Ark Bar and um, I went with some of the friends that I was traveling with. And I think that's one of the first places I ever had buckets, like the full bucket of alcohol that you get when you go to Oh, yeah, which yeah. Is really fun. And um, so they do like beach parties a few times a week. They've got a bar right on the beach and they've got pools. So they do pool parties and they also do those fire shows on the beach. Yeah. So this was the first place I ever saw a fire show. And the guy was kind of spinning it around, 
And this is one of the only times I've ever seen an accident in a fire show, but the guy was spinning it round, managed to lose control. And out of all the people in the crowd, I managed to get smacked in the face with a flaming stick. Oh, wow. Damn, that's one way to uh, remember your holiday in Thailand, huh? <laughs> so that was a fun night. And I still went back there, so... In terms of like um, food and shopping wise, I also found um, some of the food markets out there were quite good. Did you have anything that sort of jumped out at you in Koh Samui that was like good value, good quality? The two kind of walking streets that I like to go to were the Fisherman's one and the Chuang walking street because they had like everything you could think of and it was all super cheap. So you could get like your full meal for like 30 baht, 50 baht. So about a dollar, two dollars. You could get it really, really cheap and they had so many options. And it was one of those places as well that, that they had like little bits of everything as well. So you could try lots of little things or you could go with like a bunch of friends. Everybody goes and finds a couple of things, brings them back and you sit at one of the little tables and you can kind of eat family style and share everything, which is really good. I think that's one of my favorite parts about Thailand and, and Asia in general is that real family community feel about whether it's it's food or activities everyone's like sort of contributing their own bit and you know you get to taste whether it's different meats or different vegetables or anything like that all the different styles from all around Thailand whether it's the north or the south I think that's a fantastic way to go about it um, the only way to really get out to Koh Samui is pretty much boat or plane do you find that the plane is worth it from Bangkok? Realistically, I think it's like how much you want to spend. So it's kind of like your time versus how much you want to spend. So Bangkok Airways is the only one that flies in and out of Samui. They own the airport in Koh Samui. So they can make the flights however much they want. So they're normally around 5,000 baht for a flight from Bangkok down to Koh Samui. And it takes about 45 minutes. But if you're willing to kind of spend a bit more time, but go like a little bit cheaper... You can fly to Suratani for around 1,000 baht, or you can take the overnight train for even cheaper, about 800 baht, and then take the ferry over. The flight to Suratani is about an hour, and then you would take a bus to the pier, which is about an hour and a half, and then about an hour and a half on the boat over to Koh Samui. So it works out altogether maybe about 2,000 baht to get from Bangkok down to Samui if you go that way. I've done both. So when I've been going down, I'm just going down for a quick weekend to kind of see friends. I've flown onto the island, but if I actually have like a decent amount of time off, I'll save my money and go like the longer way around and go a little bit cheaper. Yeah, so it's pretty much if you've got the time, look out the window and enjoy a, a nice train and a, and a boat. I've done that train before as well, and it's it's actually quite luxurious for backpackers getting between the three islands. So your your standard three islands out there in the east ferry. Getting across to Copenhagen, as we did briefly touch on those full moon parties. That's not the only way to party out there, though. If you do miss a full moon, I actually attended a black moon party. Yeah, I think my favorite though is the half moon party. Yeah, I would agree. From, from what I've been told, full moon is overcrowded and occasionally a little bit sketchy. Half moon, people are just there to party and have a good time. They feel lucky enough that there is a half moon party. The black moon party yeah unique let's call it that you can't really see anywhere except for where the neon lights are because there is no moon and then if you really want to go for it jungle parties they're said to be some of the crazier ones but in general i think the beauty of copenhagen has to be seeing the sunset the sunset from amsterdam bar is beautiful just overlooks the sea out there best way to wind down that's a great spot for sunset the other really good one is 360 bar 
it's kind of up at the top of a hill so it takes a little bit getting up there but then once you get up there it's really stunning views really nice cocktails and you get the view over Coma, which is the island when the tide's down you can walk out to it that sounds gorgeous i never got the chance to go out there myself i spent a lot of time in Copenhagen underwater one of my favorite parts is sail rock between Copenhagen and kotao it's just a plethora of beautiful, gorgeous fish. It's a great place to start diving. And there's a beautiful array of different fish, different corals on this pinnacle. Sometimes even a whale shark. I'm 100 dives in and I still haven't got my first whale shark. But to me, that's Copenhagen in a nutshell. You've got your full moon parties full of hadrins, crazy party scene. And a little bit of diving on the side. But Kotao is famous for the diving. And again, take a boat across. The pub crawl is probably one of the most famous singlets I've seen rolling around there, or vests as you guys call them over there. It's a smaller island, but it's a really, really nice island. So the best place kind of you want to be on Kotao if you're traveling is in the kind of Sairi beach area. So that's where kind of everything's going on. And it's definitely worth signing up to the pub crawl because pretty much everybody does it when they go. You get a free shirt, you get a free bucket, you get your shots, and they take you to all kind of the best spots, like the best beach clubs. They take you to the cabaret show. You do kind of the whole shebang, and it's such a good way to meet people as well. They'll do like games throughout the night, so it makes it easier for you to kind of talk to people, get to know people. And it's a great way to meet other travelers. So. Yeah, it's always good for that social side as well. I mean, the more people you meet, the more fun you have, in my opinion. Exactly. If you're looking to go from the East Coast to the West Coast, there's two options for you, really. You can go back to Koh Samui, take that aeroplane across to Krabi or Phuket in the West. Or you can take a boat across to the mainland and then bus across to Krabi or Phuket. Now, Phuket is the largest of the islands in Thailand, but that one does have a bridge. Phuket is probably one of the most famous places in Thailand. And it's definitely, in my opinion, the most famous place in the south. It's also the most touristy. So if you're looking for your standard tourist holiday, which I was about eight years ago now, it definitely caters to the tourists. There is bars everywhere. There is hotels everywhere. There is hostels everywhere. In terms of where I would recommend staying, I do recommend going to Labdeep. Uh, it is quite close to Bangla Road, the party strip, and very close to the beach as well. So it puts you right smack bang in the middle. Where's your favorite place to party when it comes to Phuket? So definitely down on Bangla Road. That's where all the action's happening in the Katong area. So a bar that we've spent many, many nights at. <laughs> it's Nita's bar. Yeah, so there's there's been many of forgotten nights at Nita's bar. Now it is just to explain some of the the local style bars there. They're just small little bars, literally. It's a bar with marble or timber with a couple of seats up to it and some of the best hospitality. But yeah, Nita's bar is definitely a great place to go for good value drinks. Let's say, uh, and then. <laughs> I always found it was always good to finish up at Illusion. Illusion is the biggest club in Phuket. Um, and it's where you get people like Martin Garrix has played there, Marshmallows played there. It is sort of the venue for concerts and stuff like that. In terms of food, the street market there is good. I think between you and me, Fee, we're always going to be saying try the street food. Well, the street food is where all the locals will eat as well. Like the kind of high-end five-star fancy restaurants that the high-end travelers go to. It's not really where the locals eat. They'll go to the places where they can get like 30 baht pad thai and that'll be their dinner. So that's kind of the most authentic, like the best kind of food you can get. Yeah, absolutely. So if you can station yourself around Bangla, that's where I would sort of suggest. 
And if you head towards the beach there, there is a nice, lush-looking beach club there called Kudo. Uh, I have had many of afternoons in Kudo. It's a little bit pricey. It's a bit of a treat-yourself day. But in terms of music and chilling out for an afternoon session, check out Kudo. And then the next day, if I was you, I'd be jumping on a boat and going straight out to PP. That's where, that was my little stomping ground for a good two years. I'll let you describe PP, Fee, because I'm going to be a bit biased to it. PP is one of my favorite places in Thailand as well. So it's this tiny little island with no cars, so you walk everywhere. Also probably one of the best places in uh, Thailand to go if you want to go for a good beach party or if you want to get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... <laughs> There's, there's almost more tattoo shops on that island than there is square meters, I think. <laughs> you can't turn a corner and not see three tattoo shops. It, it's quite fascinating. And I, I would agree. I, I still and they're think... always all busy. You never see them empty. Yes, very true. I've actually uh, helped fund a few of those. I've, I've boosted their economy. <laughs> but but I, I think you're spot on. It's second to none for a beach party. I think if you're going to go out there and you're going to go alone, go to PP Island, stay in one of the beach bar hostels there. I used to stay at Blanco. And to be honest, that place changed my life. I went in there, fell in love with it, went for three days, stayed for 10, and then moved there for two years. It was, it was an amazing experience. Their boat party that they have there is by far the best party I've ever had. That was the whole reason I moved out there. It was so gorgeous. It was so much fun. It was so social. I've met so many amazing people through that boat party, through those beach bars. They've even got a pool party there as well through Ibiza and Princess. And realistically, if you just want to go there and chill out, there's areas that you can stay that are quieter. There's a place called Nice Beach Bungalows. That's sort of where I used to go when I wanted to just chill out and relax and enjoy the quiet. It's one of those places, if you want to get the most authentic feel of Thailand, you're not going to get it at PP. It has the gorgeous Maya Bay, which was made famous by the movie The Beach. They say that it's closed. The beach is closed. The bay is not. So you can still go and check out the beach from afar. You can see inside the bay, but you can't actually go and step on the beach anymore. And to be honest, it's amazing now. I used to go there every day and never set foot on it because there was just too many people there. You couldn't even see it. Now you can see it from afar. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, the beach looks like it did in the movie now. Yeah. Like before, you'd have like 2,000 people on it at the same time. And now you go and see it from like out in the Bay Area. And it looks amazing again. And for those people that uh, don't mind a bit of a hike, the most beautiful view of PP Island is definitely up on the viewpoint. It's an absolute must. It'll cost you 30 baht when you get to the top for an overview of the front of PP Island. So that's the gorgeous view from above covered. But sometimes you just want to have a little bit of a beach to yourself, a little bit smaller. My favorite beach is called Nui Beach. Now what you do, you head out to the backpacker beach, you can get a kayak or you can get a long tail boat and you can head around a little inlet that will show you off to this tiny little island where you can watch the sunset behind a little rock. It is absolutely gorgeous. I think the best place to go from there, uh, you can take your pick. If you've got time, I'd go to Koh Lanta, which is a quiet, bigger island. That was always my suggestion for people that needed a quarantine from alcohol. You can really enjoy some of the nice beaches there. I think they're a little bit nicer than PP has. But it's also a, a more chilled out vibe on Kalanta. Also does have one of my favorite restaurants, Fat Turtle. If you ever get the chance, guys, Fat Turtle is one of the best meals I've had. In terms of a bit of a treat yourself, it's a bit more expensive, but absolutely worth every penny. Heading over to Ao Nang in Krabi. People refer to Ao Nang as Krabi. Don't get confused with Krabi Town. Don't go to Krabi Town. Krabi Town is crappy. That's just my opinion. 
Ao Nang is beautiful. It has one of the best beaches, in my opinion, in Thailand as well. Very, very long, great place to go for a sunset walk. Ao Nang kind of has all those like really nice treat yourself places and like the really nice hotels, but then it's also got like the backpacker hostels, the bar crawls, like the really like the cheap shopping. They've got kind of a bit of everything and just beautiful views from Krabi as well. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, especially on the food part there. There's a restaurant in Ao Nang called Family Restaurant. It's down a little alley. It looks a little bit sketchy, but trust me, it is absolutely amazing and it's super cheap. It's the best value you'll get. 60 baht will get you a fantastic Thai meal. Or you can go on to the other side of the coin and you can treat yourself a little bit because along the beach there, there's plenty of great seafood restaurants. One of my favorites there was The Last Fisherman. In terms of restaurants, just beware. Sometimes the service is a little bit slow. We call it Thai time out there, but don't stress. Have a cocktail, enjoy it, let the food come. You'll forget about it by the time you're tasting it because it makes up for it in flavor. And then once you're done with food, obviously most people are going to look for a night out. Fantastic spot for a night out in Ao Nang is called Center Point. It's where all the bars and the clubs are. When you do have a big night out, of course, it's sometimes a rough morning, but if you can save yourself for one day, there is a place to go and check out. And you don't want to be hungover for my favorite part of Ao Nang. The Dragon Crest Mountain is one of the best hikes that I've done. It's got a beautiful view from the top. It's a little bit tough. Takes roughly around about three hours to do return journey, and it is a climb. But take water, sunscreen, and a camera because it's absolutely beautiful from the top. So with all that being said, we've basically covered the islands for you guys in the south of Thailand. If you have any questions or anything along the way, feel free to send us an email. Uh, you can also find us at nomadcoops.com. Subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the website. You'll also find plenty of different travel stories in there, travel videos, the works. But that's not the end of Fee. Fee's going to join us for the second part of Thailand when we're going to do the north. We're going to cover the capital city of Bangkok. We're going to cover Chiang Mai and a massive backpacker favorite known as Pai. So join us next week on Itchy Feet. I'll be there. Fee will be there. And we'll be traveling straight back to Thailand one more time.